Let's go, girl. Just tell me that I can and I'll show you things that you couldn't It's women talking football or WTF for short. Of course, never ever to be confused with WFT. Don't do it. Don't do it. We are the women, a pair of producers here running the ship. I am Mallory Hartley, uh, associate producer here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Dave Campbell's Texan Live once again in the hostess's chair and sitting directly across from me. I am staring right at her. She's turning the dials, making sure you can hear me and see me and hear her and see her. Is the executive producer of this place is AP. This it's place Ashley Pickle. This place hey is like a really good way to describe it. Welcome to our I abode. You like that. I thought you liked that. You do run the ship here. I'm not gonna lie. I try to keep things on the track, but I've you always try. said about this place that if if the train has never been on the tracks, then it's not possible for the train to fall off. You're just never hey, on the tracks. You're right. I like that a lot. That's <laughs> I really try. good. That's really, really good. Uh, if we seem a bit distracted, we got uh, we got the PGA Championship on the Golf. on the TV over here. Yeah, yeah, for those of you that don't know, I am freshly into the <laughs> golf scene here. Let's uh, go. I broke her down. Thanks to my co-host over there. <laughs> uh, she actually, thank you, by the way, gave yes. me her old clubs. So yeah. now we go out. Uh, sometimes we go play nine. Sometimes we play the full 18. But we sometimes go after work and... Hit a couple balls just yeah. for fun. Yeah, it um, gave giving Mallory my clubs gave me an excuse to finally make my big girl purchase into yeah. like good clubs. Because being honest, it's funny on women talking football, women's clubs are too short for me. Um, yeah. I'm very long and lanky, if y'all can't tell. And so the difference between – we're going straight golf talk now. Ugh. The difference between like men's it. and women's clubs is a full inch, and right, I'm about a right. half an inch too long. So I actually have to use men's senior clubs, which the president of our company, Adam, I make fun of him for being old all the time. He's not old. Like, he's really not old, but we call him grandpa. And he was like, oh, old man clubs. Huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, how oh, the, the turntables turn have turned. <laughs> have turned. Yes, that's funny. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a journey. It's been a lot of fun. But she gave me her old clubs because I am very short, and her clubs fit me perfectly. Yeah. So You can actually that. use women's golf clubs. I can actually use unlike women's myself. golf clubs, unlike you. But, yeah, so that's why we're watching that on the TV right now. So if we seem a bit distracted, that's why. We are an internet show. We're here every Thursday at 2 p.m. talking football, sometimes basketball, whatever, around golf. the Lone Star State. And sometimes, every once in a while, we will talk golf with you. Uh, this is episode 39 of Women Talking Football. Can't believe it. Already 39 episodes of this thing. Next week will be 40. Can't Over the hill that. we go. <laughs> that's that's f- almost 40 hours of us talking together. Poor Think about that. People. Poor people. No one signed up for <laughs> no this. One up for this. <laughs> Anyways, on today's show, friends, we are continuing uh, to look at the Texas high school football history record books, uh, and we're going to look at the all-time leading rushing leaders. Uh, last week we looked at passing leaders. This uh, this week we're going to look more at the running back's helm. Run the damn ball. Run the damn ball, that's for sure. Then in the back of the show, we had a lovely conversation with the new SciFair 
Independent School District Athletic Director, Miss Virginia Flores. Um, she is a busy, busy lady, so we had to we had to kind of work around her schedule here and getting her on the show. But we're super, super excited to show you uh, kind of what we talked about with her. Um, so stick around in the back half of the show to hear from her. All right. Like I just mentioned, last week we looked at the Texas high school football passing leaders. And this week we're focusing on, like you said, running the damn ball. Running the damn the ball. rushing leaders uh, in the Texas high school football history books. Now, I actually already said the term, but you brought up a really good point earlier today. And actually, I had this on the graphic. We are trying to avoid the term running backs mm-hmm. because we don't know for sure that any one of these players on this list is at, was actually classified technically as a running back. I mean, hell, they could have been classified as a fullback, a halfback, a tailback, yeah. whatever you name it. We just don't want to get yelled at <laughs> if uh, they weren't actually classified as running backs. So we're mm-hmm. going to stay away from that term and just call it rushing leaders in in the history books. Well, to be fair, I mean, and yes, we could go back and like look specifically what the coaches had listed on yeah. some of these stuff and like – I mean, foreshadowing, Cedric Benson's on this list. Cedric Benson's a running back. We, right. we get that point. But the other side of it, in recent years, we've had quite a few. I don't think any of them on this list in particular, but we've had quite a few of the rushing leaders in just the regular seasons. Mm-hmm. The past couple of years been like quarterbacks. Like they're adults exactly. at quarterback. Right. And like, tell me that. Terry Bussey doesn't have a ridiculous amount of yards and it's like he's a quarterback, he's a quarterback, quarterback back, and, and a defensive back and you could put him on the line and he might coach the team <laughs> you know like he's probably the cheerleader as like, well yeah he just probably does the it all the placeholder the um, long snapper <laughs> so yeah in recent years there's been a lot of quarterbacks that are just dual threats that right. can also do that exactly. so it, it was easier to call it rushing legends <laughs> yeah yeah so that's a uh, that's our reasoning for that um all right let's go ahead and start off with career rushing yards And first up on this list from 1950 to 1953, Kenneth Hall from Sugarland High School, uh, which is now Fort Bend, is it Doolis? Doolis. Doolis High School. Uh, Now, Sugarland High School, and it was Cypress something combined it back in the day. I can't remember. I looked it up yesterday. Yeah, they combined it back in the day to now make Fort Bend uh, Duelist High School. Uh, So that's what that logo is right there. There is not a Sugarland High School logo. Um, So we went ahead and went with the Duelist High School logo. But it was Kenneth Hall. Oh, combined with Missouri City High School. Missouri City, that's right. Yeah, Missouri City and Sugarland in 1959 merged to create Duelist, which then Sugarland ISD and Missouri City Independent ISD combined to make Fort Bend ISD. So that's that's, right. that's how that happened. You're right. You're right. Yes. Uh, so anyway, Kenneth Hall, 11,232 rushing yards in four seasons. That is just – that's just mind-boggling to me. Well, I, and the fact that that, that rushing – like. That that's lasted that long. Like we talked about You're last so week right. with the passing game, how, how everything was evolved. recent. I mean, the mm-hmm. furthest back we went was when Graham Harrell was there in the early aughts. But like other than that, it was basically sixteen, seventeen forward. Exactly. Now you see it's one thing to have. There's a lot of two thousand elevens and even a twenty twenty there, but to still be the top spot from nineteen fifty three goodness right right that's that's super impressive uh next up Jonathan Gray from Alito 2008 to 2011 
he racked up 10,889 yards. It's just funny to say it because it's like, really, dude? That's insane. That's an insane amount. Strap 10K. Can you exactly. imagine actually running that much, too? You know? I can't. Like, I, I, my heart would have failed by through, then. through people. You're not just running. It's not just a track. Oh, right. <laughs> You're also trying to make sure you don't drop the ball yep. at any point in time. I don't know. So. Survive. Correct. <laughs> yeah, just survive. Uh, of Ali- yes. Uh, Jonathan Gray of Alito High School. Moving on down, Traylon Sheed of Cayuga High School back in 2006 to 2009. He put up nice. 10,292, so he's a part of the 10K club. Trevor Spites of McAllen Memorial uh, from 2012 to 2015. He racked up 9,868, so he almost made it to that 10K club. Corey Kyle of Seagraves uh, back in 2012 to 2015. He put up 9,561 yards. Moving right on down, Wes Danaher, actually the son of legendary coach Phil Danaher. They're at Cal Allen. Back in 1992 to 1995, he racked up 8,855. Moving down, Rodney Thomas of Groveton. Back in 1987 to 1990, he put up 8,439. And then lastly on this list, Cedric Benson, like you already mentioned, actually a running back of Midland Legacy, formerly known as Midland Lee, from 1998 to 2000. He was able to rack up 8,423 yards. Seeing Wes Wes Danaher on this list like really puts into perspective just how long we talk all the time about how long coach Danaher was a coach for to see that his son was playing in 92 through 95 that like really puts it into perspective just how long coach Danaher was coaching right right like I mean 40 plus years and it's it's just it's mind-boggling when you see oh yeah well his son was playing before either of us were born right exactly (laughs) exactly well and it's really cool too to because you know how well known Phil Danaher is around Texas high school football and the history books and stuff, but to mm-hmm. see his son also become part of yeah, they're the both history, in the history. Like if there was really, a legitimate really cool. book, both of their exactly. names are in there. Exactly, that's that's really stinking cool. So that right there is the uh, rushing career rushing leaders of the Texas high school football history books. Uh, moving on. Run the damn ball. Let's run the damn ball. Let's look at single season rushing yards. Starting off again with Kenneth Hall from Sugarland High School. Back in 1953, he was able to put up 4,045 yards in a single season. I mean, insane. Wow. We're we're ooing and gooing over the fact when we see a quarterback able to throw for that amount. Mm-hmm. That's actual, like, again, foot on turf. Right. Giant men chasing after you, mm-hmm. running the ball. Yeah. That's, that's insane. insane. I mean, good Lord. Now, as we move on down, if you take a look, these next three names, you look at the names – Trey Williams, Jonathan Gray, and Joseph Sadler, all in 2011, were just a couple yards away from each other. (laughs) That is crazy. So Trey Williams of Spring DeCaney back in 2011 put up 3,890. Jonathan Gray, uh, once again, from Alito back in 2011 put up 3,888. So only two behind Trey Williams back in 2011. And then Joseph Sadler of Divine High School, back in also 2011, put up 387. One less yard than Jonathan Gray in the same dang year. That's got what me so frustrating. <laughs> I would have been so That's frustrated, Especially man. because we, 
like Jonathan Gray is such a household name around here exactly. that I don't think that obviously Joseph Sadler was unbelievable and people who were especially paying attention to high school football from a statewide perspective back in that time would right. definitely recognize it. But you start asking our interns that are coming in like, oh yeah, which of these two names do you recognize? And one yard was the difference. Right, you know? <laughs> exactly. It, it's crazy to think about it that way because yes, Jonathan Gray is definitely the probably the most well-known name out of those three, I yeah. would say. Um, but anyways, let's uh, moving back on down to the list. Rodney Thomas of Groveton back in 1990 put up 3,701 yards in a single season. Again on this list, Wes Danaher of Cal Allen back in 1995 was able to rack up 3,569 nice yards in a single season. And here, this is kind of where I start to become more familiar. Jonathan Brooks of Hallettsville back in 2020 put up 3,530 was also Mr. Texas football and that right there that number solidified it to us that he deserved to be Mr. Texas football in 2020. It was the game that he single-handedly destroyed Lano in the semifinals oh, that solidified it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> how, how did you feel watching that game? Were you okay were you were you excited because I lost. You basically I thought I was just gonna... watched like Mr. Texas football. Yes. Or were you sad because, you know, you know, your, your alma mater. That, that was the first time against... that my alma mater had ever been to a state semifinal. So I was happy oh, all around. Right. And I was also happy that if they were going to lose to someone, it was going to be a player as impressive Jonathan as Jonathan Brooks. And also a player who's like super humble and super nice. Like they could have lost to a kid that really likes to flaunt you know, his exactly. skills. And that's perfectly right. fine. More power to you. We love confidence. But right. yes, it did help my heart knowing Jonathan Brooks was something special. Right. Um, but sting him. Correct. I was sad. It's okay. It's okay. But I do, I do. We, we love us some Jonathan Brooks we around do. these parts. We so absolutely do. It's okay. We absolutely do. And lastly on this list, Cedric Benson back in 1995 racked up 3,526 yards in a single season there at Midland Lee, formerly, uh, yeah, Midland Legacy, formerly Midland Lee. Yep. So those are the single season rushing yards of our rushing legends in the Texas high school football history books. Uh, lastly, we're going to look up single game rushing yards. And we kind of did this segment also last week, um, but we weren't able to make a graphic for it just because there's so much that needs to be put on this graphic in yeah. order to tell the full story. Uh -huh. And we just, we weren't able to do that. So I'm just going to read it off this list here. So first up, Matt Gaddick, I believe is how you pronounce his name uh, from McKinney. In the game versus Plano East back in 2017, he racked up 599 rushing yards in a single game. You know what's crazy to me? Hmm. 599 yards in a single game. To me, that's like, I've s now reading a lot of magazine pages, <laughs> that's a lot of guys like single season rushing yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In a single game? Yeah, it's very. Almost 600 rushing yards? It's very common nowadays for if a team that is a run-heavy team and they have just kind of like an arsenal of like three really good running backs. Right. To see like your second one get like 600 yards and go, hey, that's awesome. You right. know? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Much less one game. Right. It's it's insane. Um, up next on the list, it was Daryl Ellis uh, in the Somerville versus – Thrall game back in mm -hmm. 1998 he put up 587 yards oh I I'm so sorry if I pronounce these names uh wrong. DeMarca I DeMarca believe Foster. is how you say it 
of Wichita Hall's first Wichita Falls Hershey versus Decatur back in 2017, ver- fairly recent. Uh, he put up 580 rushing yards, and it's, it, and it's crazy to look at all the way down this list at how close all of these numbers really are together. Yeah, I was just fixing to say that the passing yards had a much greater differential between the exactly. record book holders. All of these are insanely, insanely close. I mean, all the way up from like the first one down to the bottom one. That's not even right. split by more than I know they're all 70. in the 500s yeah I was like not even 70 yards which in the grand scheme of things if you've already run for 517 why not why not just run for 599 you Correct. know like, right exactly how, I mean, how hard can it be extra carries there for you honestly <laughs> I mean uh moving on down the list uh Emmanuel Abdallah of China Spring versus Liberty Christ back in 2019 oh I think we missed two of them uh Tyrone Swoops and Dion Williams did you did we talk through those no, not yet. I thought you stopped at Foster. I did. And then it's Emmanuel Abdallah. And then Dion Williams. And then Tyrone Swoops. Oh, we're looking at two different lists. Well, this is interesting. We? Yeah. <laughs> Should I just keep going? I'll yeah, keep, keep going. going. Here's my list. Dion Williams <laughs> of Katie Morton Ranch versus Katie Taylor back in 2012. 547. Are you sure yep. we're looking at the same list? Mm-hmm. And then Tyrone Swoops. White Wright versus Tom Bean in 2011, 540. Justin Twine of Hemp Hill versus West Sabine in 2011, 534 yards. And then to round it all out, another Cedric, but Cedric Battle of Wichita Falls Hershey, another Wichita Falls Hershey I was just going to say, that's what's crazy is there's two of them. Burnett, I know. Uh, back in 2014, 531 rushing yards. That's crazy. Schmale. But so there you go. Single game rushing yards. And it's just it's just seriously mind blowing. I mean, putting up over 500 yards in a single game is nuts, because like I said, reading all of these magazine capsules for kind of the first time, I guess, proofreading. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that like a lot of these guys, a lot of these really good running backs only do put up around 500 mm-hmm. in a single season. So in a single game. That's really stinking impressive. Yeah, well, and it's funny, too, because you can get into a really, really big conversation. Like, we're, we're keep saying, run the damn ball. You know, like, that's right. kind of an old-school way of thinking, and we've talked so recently about how the passing game has really exploded in the last decade or so, and even a yeah. little bit further back than that. But it is funny to look at it from an even grander scope because we've talked a lot in this office before about Mike Leach and his air raid offense and everything that he's brought and how many people have followed that now Mm -hmm. throughout the NFL, throughout this. But you go back and you think about some of the most recent ones of like Jadon Blue opting to not play his senior senior year year. because he didn't want to put all that mileage on him. Because if you're a legit NFL prospect – how long is your shelf life? Like we've seen that in the NFL now running backs have about five, could have five really good years in them and then it's done. So it's just crazy to kind of see how the mindset has shifted. And I'm not saying that it's right one way or the other. I think that's totally willing to be debated. And I honestly think that's more of a case by case scenario. Um, But that this is exactly why it opens up the scope into, all right, are people just getting bigger on the lines and it makes it harder to run through Are running backs getting weaker or do we like the passing? It's just, right. it opens up just a world of debate. Right. It really does. Yeah. That's why you basically really don't see any running backs go in the first round anymore of the NFL draft. You're usually seeing the best running backs being picked in the second round, uh, the earliest. So yeah, it does. It definitely does open up a whole nother 
can of worms oh, there yeah. to, to talk about. And it's super interesting. I mean, whether you think that, yeah, the, the passing game's just more prolific now with, yeah. with you know, the, the air raid offense and stuff, or if you just think, like, hey, it's just tough to carry that much weight on you as a running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're pretty much – I mean, you're that just that's just a lot of wear and tear on your body, right? Per and game. I think a lot of it has to do too about like, and this is getting way in the weeds, but I genuinely think that a lot of that has to do with how far we've come medically and how far we've come exactly. diet and more aware of what we're doing. Because I grew up, you know, like you grow up and you hear about Cedric Benson and you hear about Ricky Williams and like the greats of that kind of stuff and what they were able to do for the Longhorns. And then now you look and all we're talking about with the Longhorns is Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. They're two quarterbacks who right. can pass the ball. And it's like, okay, did it really shift that much? And it's just like, Hey, it's the same thing between the LeBron and Michael Jordan thing. Like, what would he look like now? These right. guys, the defenders that they're going up against are bigger. They're, Stronger. you know, mm-hmm. it's like you got to start thinking about that. It's difficult to run through a brick wall when they all look like brick walls. And it's not just like one Michael or and then, you know, some other normal or right. looking guys. Right. That's why when, when we see the, the slot T offense make a reappearance, we're like, oh, ah, <laughs> running backs galore. We got all of them. <laughs> we have all of them. I can't the figure out balls. where any of them are. <laughs> I love it. But, I yeah, we it. could debate this for, like, we could. hours. <laughs> we could. We could. Um, and this is a really fun segment to do, too. I think next week we're probably going to do probably uh, reception yards or something if we're going to continue on in this series I just think it's super interesting oh yeah and I love deep down into these record books yeah and I love the thought of like okay what make is a quarterback just that good or does he just have really good receiver you know like it's so much of a case by case it's 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 a classic what came first the chicken Uh, or the egg you know exactly we just you know what we need to do one of these one of these days in the offseason like for a WTF Mm -hmm. episode producing on the fly here we just need to pick a couple of really good topics and just and just them. go no no kind of preparation and just just go go I we think need, that'd be fun we, that would be the perfect time for Schmale to make his WTF appearance oh because Schmale has very like hot takes one he way or the sure other does. so if y'all want to see us like actually fist fight on women talking football there, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I hope he's listening he probably is so there you go. Those are the rushing leaders of the Texas high school football history books. Uh, hashtag run the damn ball. Run and the like damn we ball. Said, we're gonna we're gonna continue on to this series, and uh, I'm not sure what we'll do next week, but maybe we'll look at a. Uh, at receiving yards or, or something like that next week. Or if y'all have anything that y'all yeah, really want us to see. dive in on yeah. the record books and or comparing some of this stuff, let us know. Yeah. We're open to ideas. Yeah, please do. All right, Pickle, before we get to our conversation with Virginia, let's hear a word from our good friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 
855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at VCRnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Malpal, let's head on over to the hotline because we are extremely excited to welcome in a lady that uh, just got a new title, and it's a pretty big one if you ask me. We're welcoming in new SciFair Independent School District Athletic Director Virginia Flores. Howdy, ma'am. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great, doing well. We just had a meeting with all of our our coordinators and assistant coordinators to close out the year, so it was good to, to see everybody, but just, just happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely, and I mean, just obviously it has been announced for some time that your predecessor, uh, Ray Zapata, is heading over to take on the new UIL athletic director role. I know that was really exciting for, for all of you down there in SciFair ISD. What has this time been spent like for you so far after that announcement and kind of knowing that you were the next one to, to hopefully fill the shoes there? Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's bittersweet, and, and I, that's probably the best term. When we found out that Ray, you know, got the job, and, and we've told many people this, I mean, it was, you know, selfishly, uh, we were devastated. You know, he is a tremendous leader. He cares so much for kids um, and coaches and wanting to do right by them, and he has really done such a tremendous job of making SciFair ISD a destination. And, uh, you know, to know that he was going to leave, you know, selfishly was, was something that, you know, we were we had a hard time with. But then when we realized, like, hey, this is the guy that's going to be representing every coach and every athlete, you know, for the state of Texas and being an advocate for them. I mean, we could you couldn't ask for a better guy to do that. So we're super happy for him. Um, this this position, I didn't really it wasn't quite finalized, you know, and announced until Monday, but. I think what's been great is that we have a tremendous team here in our office and our staff who all just, you know, we love to work hard. We love to serve kids and they have been nothing but supportive. And, and of course, you know, the, the scope of this can, can feel overwhelming at times when you've got 12 high schools and 20 middle schools and you're overseeing compliance. But what's been great is that every single person steps up like it truly is a team. And it's one of the things I love about sports is that we all come together collectively to work hard for the greater good. No doubt about that. Now let's go ahead and throw it all the way back to the beginning here. You were a girls basketball coach for a while, and you even have a state championship to your name there at Cy Woods. What did you love the most about being a coach at the high school realm? Wow. Um, you know, there, there's so many facets of it that, that, um, that I loved and I do miss. And, you know, like where I am now, you don't get to see the, inter, the daily interaction with the mm -hmm. kids. And I think I miss that the most is that when you have a kid that comes in as a freshman and then leaves as a senior, you get to see and get to be a part of the growth. Um, you get them to buy into the experience of, of working through tough situations and coming out on the other side. Um, so I miss that, the collegial part of it, you know, getting with the other coaches and talking shop and the X's and the O's. Like, you know, this weekend is the TABC clinic um, in, in San Antonio. And, and my husband is, you know, he coaches over at Cypress Falls. And I'm, you know, a little jealous because I know they're going over there <laughs> to get some great, you know, they're going to get some great um, info 
They're going to be able to talk with other coaches, uh, you know, about best practices. Um, and I, I miss that part of it, but I do miss the kids. I miss – and so what's nice about the job where I am now is that I get to go out and see these kids perform, you know, at all levels. And I think that's what's been great is it's not just relegated to, to basketball anymore. I get to see all of our kids compete. You know, we've got softball this weekend in the regional semifinals. We've got two teams, Bridgeland and Langham Creek. We still got baseball with Cy Woods. And so just being able to see these kids and, and coaches do what they do on the daily is very rewarding. So I'm interested to get your take on this because we've talked to a couple of coaches turned either administrator in the more academic realm, more administrator, obviously, in what you're doing in the athletics realm. Obviously, all those bleed over together. But when you decided to kind of hang up that coaching hat and take a different opportunity, whether that be principal than on to athletic director, a lot of people that we hear say that is, yes, I can I can absolutely impact the team that I was coaching, but I felt moved to go take a larger role in the scope of I could help all of those kids. And you're not only helping one school. I mean, you're helping 13 different schools. How gratifying is that for you to be able to know that you're able to touch that many more lives in this new role? Um. I think I think that's the hope, right? Like that's that's kind of what you walk into and that's what you're hoping because you realize and I think people, you know, in leadership positions realize it's not a it's it's not the idea that you're there to, to oversee or even I mean, even to lead like and, and I know it gets overused but it really is about like now that now you have the opportunity and that's what it is to serve so many more people and I really think that that's what our that our life is all about, you know, and I don't, I don't care what profession you're in. Part of our job as humans is to be able to serve others and to do that with gratitude, to do like to be positive and to be able to do it in this realm is very gratifying, you know, to be able to, to support coaches as they try to help kids grow, um, to be able to support kids, to be able to support parents at the community level. It, it's something that you, um, it, it makes it easy to come to work every day. It, I'll, I'll say that. And like you said, you've, your husband coaches in this system. And to my understanding, you have two little kiddos that are actually involved in athletics in the Sci-Fair ISD athletic system. How cool is it to watch them kind of go through this athletics department, the one that you're the head of? And do you have to kind of be impartial to the teams that are playing? <laughs> um, you, that's, a, that's a good question. I'll, I'll tell you this. And getting to my sons first, you know, my husband does a tremendous job. They won a state championship as well in 2017. Um, does a great job with his his program. You know, my son's over there with him um, and played on the JV level for his other coaches. And I was just telling our coordinators and assistant coordinators today in our meeting, I really, really appreciate the the village that I live in, that ever that I have other people and coaches in particular um, who are raising, helping me raise my sons. Um, you know, I don't think we can do that in a vacuum, and I think we've gotten away from that. And I, I trust implicitly these coaches that are pouring into my kids on the daily because I know how much they love them. And I know what they really want for them in the end is the absolute best. Like they're going to push them. They want them to be the best academically. They want them to be good citizens. And of course they want them to compete. But I think that that, that big picture of develop, developing them as young men, just bring, it, it makes me feel good as a parent to know that I have help with that. Mm -hmm. and, I, and it's one of the reasons I value our coaches so much. 
So as as far as having my sons be a part of that, I'm I'm just super super grateful for the great coaches that we do have to help us raise them. Do your do your boys ever like to remind Coach Flores that uh, that there's a boss of not only the house but of of the job as well? Do they like to to let Dad rem- remember that a little bit? <laughs> you know what? That's that's funny. I, so I might be the boss out here, but the, we're gonna like Richard. He he takes care of business at the house. And I that, so. And the, and the boys also understand that dynamic. So the buck stops at mom and the buck stops at dad. So and, and I will say this, my husband and I are both highly competitive. And so we've realized the, the, uh, the key to us like doing anything well is to make sure we're on the same team. So my, and our boys know that, that mom and dad are on the same team and don't try to like do it any other way. And, and then we know we're going to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> a fun, friendly household competition. Well, before we let you go, uh, Virginia, we wanted to ask, obviously, you you were left in great hands with, with uh, Coach Zapata making his way, but there there's also always opportunity for change, and I know that Coach Zapata would be the first person to say if anyone can create that, that it would be you. What's, what's the one big goal for you kind of heading into this first school year as athletic director there at CyFair? Um. Good question. That's a great question. Um, I again, I think that Coach Zapata has steered this steered this ship in the right direction, and I think part of our job is to make sure that we're keeping it on track. You know, that we're we're still making this a place this place a destination. If there was one goal um, that I had to really focus on, I think it would be about like how do we make sure and ensure that our coaches that are here that we're attracting quality coaches, but that we're also keeping them, um, you know, in education right now. And this is not just, this isn't true just for CFISD. I think this is something statewide. We have a lot of teachers and coaches that are leaving the profession for various reasons. And I think that one of the things that we have to do is we have to be examples and beacons. And, uh, and I, and I want to really focus on making sure that our coaches feel supported and they feel so supported that they want to encourage, and they're also speaking light into others to come into this profession because there's, there's been no more. It's more important now than ever for our coaches and for their jobs and what they mean, you know. And and no other place where are we working to get kids to unite behind something, regardless of um, race, religion, creed. You know, we're getting kids to unite around one common goal. And I think that's super important right now, I think, in, in a time like this. And so I really believe that our coaches um, have that calling. And so my, my job and my goal is to make sure that we're getting more coaches to stay and we're getting more coaches to come in to, the, to CFISD. Well, there she is. She is the new athletic director of uh, CyFair ISD down there in the greater Houston area, Virginia Flores, Virginia, thank you so much. Congratulations again on the new role. And I know that we're super pumped to work with you. So I'm sure you'll be, uh, this is not the last time we'll speak heading into the next year. Absolutely. Ashley, thank you so much for having me. There she goes. New Cypher Athletic Director Virginia Flores. Just so incredibly excited for her and this this new opportunity that she's getting. It's it's always interesting for me to sit there and kind of talk about you know, I grew up in a one horse town. There's one high school. Mm-hmm. Like our athletic director, that doesn't make it any easier by any stretch of the means. It's still an insanely difficult job. But the thought of managing thirteen different schools that are all, I mean, just different levels of, mm-hmm. of everything, of 
anything like that and trying to find a happy medium I mean that's that's a difficult, a really difficult job, but she, mm-hmm. she's absolutely, in my mind, the right person for the gig. I, I agree. I mean, even just from my perspective of going, you know, growing up in, in a town that has, right, that has six or seven, almost 6A high schools, I always remember being at these athletic banquets and sometimes the athletic director would show up, mm-hmm. you know, of all of Arlington ISD, and it's just like, how do you make time to do that when you have all of these other, not only high schools, but junior highs and all these different elementary schools to kind of keep up with? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a tough job, but I definitely agree that Virginia Flores is absolutely the the right woman to take over this this new role. Yeah, yeah. Super, super excited for her. And I think all of SciFair ISD is incredibly excited for her to take this new leadership position. So we appreciate her hopping on with us. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for us. Um, do you have any final thoughts here? I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Mallory, thoughtless Mallory in the house. No, man, we're, we're at that point in the year, so I don't blame you, but we will be here every single Thursday at two for the remainder of the summer. Don't think that you're getting rid of us just yet. Uh, we'll be back next week. I believe it is the day before we send the magazine to press. Oh, so gosh, uh, yeah. keep up with our Twitter pages just to make sure of that. But we should be back hopefully next Thursday and then every Thursday after that. So appreciate our guest, uh, Virginia Flores, hopping on. And we will see you most likely next week on Women Talking Football. Oh, 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 oh,